Oh, what fresh hell is this? This is the Cigar Tipsters Podcast. All right, Mark from Cigar Tipsters, and I'm sitting here talking with Jerry Garrett of Trey J Cigars, uh, the makers of the excellent Vicarious Cigar line. Uh, Jerry, how you doing tonight? Very good, Brent. Good to see you. Same here. Happy to have you. And for those of you who don't know, Vicarious uh, is a line of three separate cigars, the white, the black, and gosh, I'm forgetting one. Blue. Blue, yeah. (laughs) That that world-famous blue. Uh, I'm just joshing with with Jerry there. The the blue is absolutely wonderful. Uh, I just bought another box of them a couple of days ago, as did my father. Thank you, bud. Uh, so, uh, let's get right to it. How is things going with Vicarious? Well, hey, buddy, I'll tell you what, it's been an exciting year. Our first anniversary is coming up March 20th, and it's, uh, again, it's been a really interesting year. I, I, you want to give a little bit of a background, you want me to give a little background about Trey J, or? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, just to fill people in who may not have heard of this before, Trey J Cigars is basically located in southern Ohio, southwest Ohio, actually. And uh, Trey J is a partnership uh, of myself, Jerry Garrett, uh, my president, John Johnson, and my CEO, Jay Clark. And just to give, again, a little bit of a background about Trey J, uh, basically what it is is three good friends uh, who've been friends for a number of years who have, have harbored a desire for many years to make their own cigar line. So it wasn't a short trip. It actually took us almost four years to get to market, but uh, uh, we're really proud of what we've been able to achieve so far. We've got some other things coming up really good in the future, we hope. Yeah, you know, we first met you guys at uh, Chattanooga Tweet Up uh, 2014. Yeah. And you handed me one of your vicarious blues, and it was, needless to say, the, the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Uh, <laughs> And you continued to hand me blues throughout the course of the weekend until you were probably sick of giving me cigars. But That's called subliminal indoctrination, buddy. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you, it worked. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. You are a master of subliminal indoctrination. Well, it's also shameless self-promotion, too. Um, well, hey, whatever gets the job done. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk a little bit about uh, each one of the three lines, the white, the blue, and the black. Give us just a quick uh, synopsis of those three. Sure. Okay. Uh, Actually, you know, most cigar lines that are new usually come out with uh, one blend, four different sizes, something like that. We really had a totally different approach. What we tried to do was to come up with three totally unique and separate cigars in size, strength, and flavor. We actually have the white is a 7x52 double, double short shell, excuse me, a very mild cigar. We'll get a little more detail if you want to later on. And then there's a blue, your favorite, uh, which is a 6x52 torpedo with a Corona wrapper. And uh, the uh, black is a 5x50 Robusto, and that's our more full-bodied cigar. So it's mild, medium, and full. And actually, that, that worked out so well because you've really got something for everybody in the line. Uh, you guys have arguably one of the best Connecticut's I've personally tried. Uh, Connecticut's are not typically my first choice, but this is one <laughs> that I actually own a box of. I have a box of them sitting on my counter at home. Well, thank you. And they are fantastic. And then you have the, the blue, which is, is close to a perfect medium, as there could be. And, of course, the black for the heavy Maduro smoker. Right. 
Well, just just to give you a, a, a little bit where we're at this year. First of all, we'll talk a little bit about the white label. Uh, there is a, a website up here called Tobacco Events, which is very popular in the Midwest. Uh, it's run by Stephen Wolf and Bob Schiller. Uh, actually, their top 25 new cigars for 2014, the blue was number two, and the, the uh, Churchill was number 24. Congratulations and, on that. Well, thank you very much. And, and I think it's really interesting because the most often repeated comment about the uh, Churchill is the fact I don't really like Connecticut's, but I like this one. We hear that quite a bit. And, and one thing I like about it with it being a, a double Churchill is someone who travels a lot. It, it's a cigar that I can light up and, you know, take for an hour and a half or two hours while I'm driving down the road. You know, you can smoke it as slow or as fast as you want, but if you want a long-lasting cigar, it's a good option. Well, uh, thank you, and that's kind of where our strategy was. We, we were looking at something that could be a good golfer cigar. You know, a guy could smoke for nine holes or whatever. Uh, and, and while we're talking about the white, the white has a Dominican binder and filler with an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper. It's a very mild cigar, as you, as you well know, Mark, but even though it is a mild cigar, it also has a lot of flavor. Absolutely. It's, uh, for me, it is a, it's a very unique stick. It's creamy, it's smooth, but just enough spiciness to keep you interested. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. The people who have reviewed the cigar have picked up a little bit of uh, cinnamon in it uh, and actually a little bit of spearmint. And uh, one thing about it, you really don't, and, you know, again, here I am self, shameless self-promotion, <laughs> but you really don't get that grassy aftertaste with a cigar that you get in many of the Connecticut's. Yeah, I agree. It, uh, that aftertaste is one of the main things that turns me off of Connecticut cigars, and you guys did a good job of subduing that. Well, thank you, brother. I really appreciate that. And, uh, of course, we can move on to uh, my favorite, the, uh, the middle child, the blue. Let's go move on to the blue, and which, by sheer coincidence, is also my favorite, so, Mark. But you know our background, and, and for those of you, again, who may not be familiar with Trey J. and Vicarious, we actually found a factory in the Dominican Republic, which was a tremendous fit for us. And uh, when we went down there, we each had a specific idea of what we wanted to do with the cigars. Actually, my CEO, Jay Clark, blended the, the, uh, the white, I did the blue, and my president, John Johnson, did the black. Uh, but when I went down there with the blue... You know, Corojo, it, it actually has tobacco from five countries in it, and it has an Ecuadorian Corojo wrapper. And most Corojos, as you, you know, obviously, they tend more toward the spicy side. Mm-hmm. But when we did go to the factory, I really had kind of a concept of a more unique Corojo, and I really went for something more sweet. Uh, you know, not infused, you know that. But it's just something that would have more of a sweet mark to it rather than the spicy. And uh, I think it turned out pretty well. A lot of people seem pleased with it. Yeah, I've never handed that cigar to anyone who didn't like it. It's uh, a lot of people who smoke it, myself included, especially those first couple of times. There's a there's a unique flavor that in the early days it's hard to put your finger on just what that is, and it's one of those intriguing things that you just want to keep smoking it until you you make that discovery and I won't tell people what I think it is because that's a journey I want them to take for themselves, <laughs> but. Uh, well, it's kind of interesting. Let me tell you a short story here. Uh, our, our kind of home base is Jungle Gyms International Market here uh, in Southwest Ohio. And uh, for those of you who may not be familiar with Jungle Gym, Jungle Gym is uh, one of the largest cigar retailers in the country. He has two stores. Uh, the man is a living legend in the business. He's actually been on the Food Channel, the Trample Channel and so on. And actually, the blue is the number one selling cigar at both of the stores. Mm-hmm. We are virtually out selling Fuente, Patron, you name it, the blue's beating them. 
Wow. And congratulations on that. That's, well, a, that's well, a high you. honor. Uh, one thing about that, too. You know, uh, like I said, uh, my partner Jay did the white, I did the blue, and, and Johnny did the black. I can't draw a straight line and I can't play a note, but this for me was my art form. You know, th this is what I created. And even though it pleases me, I, I can't tell you how much it means to me that I hear people like you, it pleases. So thank you. It means a lot. Yeah, it's, you know, most cigar companies, they come out with, like you said earlier, they come out with one blend and they focus on that blend. And quite frankly, they're lucky if that blend takes off and is popular. But you guys, you struck lightning because you managed to nail three great blends uh, in your first run. Well, thank you. I'll tell you what, you're really kind. Uh, we have had other people comment about that, too, that, that you know, they smoke the cigars. And, and the, the comment we get is, really, this is your first shot? This is your first cigars? So uh, we have been very, very fortunate. We've had some good friends in the industry. We were fortunate to find an excellent factory. And uh, thank goodness, first time around, we seem to have a good product. Yeah, I know uh, in my early conversations with you when we first met, you guys mentioned some of the great uh, names of the cigar industry that had a hand in helping you or advising you and various things like that when you guys were creating these blends. Yeah, could I get a little shout-out to some of those guys, if you don't mind? Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what. First of all, I apologize if I miss somebody. I, for those of you who are you know, sort of around the edge of the industry, it's amazing the people you meet in an industry that is so competitive that will be so open with you. I mean, we literally had people who, when they found out that we wanted to get the business, said, sure, what can we do for you? Now, how, you know, how often you hear that in a business, like I said, again, as competitive as this one? People to jump to mind real quick are Matt Booth. Matt Booth has been absolutely phenomenal. He opened the doors. He said, whatever you need, tell me. Uh, Tom Wazuka has been great. Uh, Sam Wichia has been great to us. And, gee, I hope I don't miss anybody. I know I'm going to. So, I, again, excuse me for the ones I do miss, okay? But uh, Louis Cuevas, the guy who owns a factory in the Dominican Republic that we deal with, fabulous people. And, you, you know, it, it's such a blessing to be able to learn from people like that because I'm telling you what, not that we haven't made plenty of mistakes, but we made far fewer just by listening to these guys. And, and again, shout out to you guys. Thank you very much. And I know when I get off here, I'm going to remember that I forgot somebody. But uh, <laughs> hopefully you know who you are. So thank you. And speaking of stepping away from Vicarious for a second and talking about Trey J in general, you guys have another cigar that you're working on with another very famous name in the cigar industry. Let's talk about that <laughs> See, a little bit. You just made me think of somebody I should have mentioned earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad you mentioned that because it's something that's really exciting for us that's coming up. Hopefully next month, that's the plan as of right now. Uh, there's a gentleman, and I'm sure most of your viewers will know this name, or most of your listeners will know this name, a gentleman by the name of Jose Blanco, okay, who basically is one of the legends, the giants in this industry. Uh, Jay Clark and Jose, Jay Clark, my CEO, and Jose have, they've developed a pretty good friendship over the years, and Jose has been kind enough to actually do the blending on the next line for us. The next line is called Invictus, uh, which is Latin for unconquerable or unbeatable, and we think the cigar hopefully is going to be like that. Actually, we did do a short run earlier with another blend. And did it was on the market for a short time, but uh, we really were more focused on Vicarious at the time. So we were kind of putting our efforts into that. And then this opportunity with Jose came along. And uh, for those of you who have not smoked his cigar yet, the Sonora, have you had it, Mark? No, uh, no, I haven't had the chance to yet. Okay, it was Cigar Federation Cigar of the Year this year, in 2014, excuse me. 
it is a phenomenal smoke. And we had an opportunity to test several uh, prototypes before we kind of landed on the blend that we want to go. And uh, all I can say is, uh, what I've seen is going to be spectacular, and we're really excited about it. Thanks for mentioning it. Excellent. Yeah, I was uh, talking to Sean a couple of days ago, and he was giving us the down low on that one. Yeah, yeah, Sean Welsh. He's the guy who's been the, our sales guy down in your area. And uh, sale, I tell you what, I wish I had a dozen Sean's because he's an absolute ball of fire. And besides <laughs> that, he's a lot of fun, as you guys probably found out. Oh, yeah, he'll get you in some trouble here and there. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's Irish. You know, you got to expect that. <laughs> now, j- just to give the listeners a, a small idea of how dedicated you guys are to your craft, they drove all the way from Ohio to Huntsville, Alabama, to put on an event with us at a, at a local Huntsville uh, cigar shop. These guys are, are more than willing to go above and beyond the call of duty to get their cigars in people's hands. So I just wanted to take a second to, I know I've said it before, but thank you guys for doing that. I mean, driving hey, that Mark, far. Listen, thank you. Uh, I'll tell you what, we, you know, we're, we're new in this block, buddy, you know, and we've got to get out and, and, and build that name. And, you know, again, we spoke a little bit a few minutes ago about artwork. Well, art's great, but with no commerce, there won't be any art. Absolutely. <laughs> so you, you know you have to build a brand. And the best way to build a brand the first year or two is windshield time. That's exactly what it is. And, uh, by the way, we had a ball down there. Thank you very much. Thank <laughs> you for having us down. And I will say, when I had the opportunity to sit down with uh, Mark Hall and his lovely fiance. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I, I was sporting my vicarious T-shirt when we went uh, shop hopping. <laughs> so I, I don't mind being a walking billboard. Absolutely, thank you. Can we just digress just a hair since you mentioned Mark Hall? Yeah, absolutely. Mark Hall's project. Uh, Mark Hall is another fellow in the Southwest Ohio area up here, a phenomenal cigar aficionado. Okay, this man knows cigars. He has a book coming out called Cigar Blueprint. And it is, without a doubt, the best journal that I've ever seen on uh, on cigars, cigar smoking, everything about cigar etiquette, the whole culture. So if you get an opportunity, you should be showing up at your local B&M. If it's not, be sure and ask for it because it is a great book, uh, Cigar Blueprint by Mark Hall. And for those of you who don't know, it is now available in paperback form on Amazon. Exactly. Got mine and it's autographed. Yes, I, I, and I had mine signed by Mark and, and had... Uh, Yvonne sign page 45 for me. Yeah, there you go. And, and when yeah. you when you get the book, you'll understand what we mean by page 45. Right, right. Uh, it's, worth it. it's worth the book. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, speaking of Mark and Yvonne, they're going to be on the show with us. Uh, that show will post on Monday, March the 23rd. Uh, Fantastic. That, I, I tell you what, Mark, Mark Hall is, at least in this part of the country, a living legend in cigars. He is, he, again, if there is such a person as a cigar aficionado, he is it. He is extremely qualified to write Cigar Blueprint. And uh, I encourage everybody out there to get a copy. And, and you know what? He's just a damn nice guy. Yes, he is. Because when, yes, when he was here in Huntsville, he bought me a Liga Pravada number 9, so he is officially my favorite person. <laughs> well, you're a cheap date, aren't you? <laughs> you're damn right I am. <laughs> <laughs> all right any well before we forget we kind of skipped over the black so i want to go back to the vicarious oh, yeah, black okay the black yeah we didn't we didn't get a whole lot of detail about that the black was actually john johnson's brainchild uh what it is it's a 5 by 50 robusto which is if you like the smaller cigars which actually i do i mean i can smoke 
anything about any ring gauge, but I really prefer the smaller Robustos and so on. Uh, it actually is a classic Maduro, and when I say that, it's got tobacco from five countries in it. Uh, it's got quite a bit more Nicaragua than any of the cigars we have. Have It actually has a Brazilian Arapioja wrapper, mm-hmm. and you know how I want to pronounce that? How's that? Sam Wichita told me, just remember tapioca. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I have done it. <laughs> so actually it has a Brazilian Arapioja wrapper. Again, it is a classic Maduro. It has a lot of the dark chocolate, and it has a lot of the coffee flavors. It has that musk note to it. But there's something else about it that makes it still makes it a little, little bit of a different spin off the traditional Maduro. You actually pick up quite a bit of black pepper in it. It's not really a pepper bomb. But, you know, it's something subtle as you get in about halfway in the cigar, you start picking that up. So it's a very, very nice Maduro. We're more proud of it, too. Oh, by the way, Leaf Enthusiast rated it a 9.5 out of, five, out of 10. Oh, absolutely. It's yeah. a great smoke. And, and you kind of hit on a point there that I've just been thinking about. Each one of your cigars, there, there's a twist. It's not a traditional Connecticut. It's, it's a Maduro with a twist, and the blue is just its own epic journey in and of itself. But each one <laughs> Thanks, has something unique about it that you're not going to get from your standard everyday blends. Well, I, and I appreciate that. And, and hopefully, you know, like I said, it took us almost four years to get to market. So this is not something we just popped up overnight and said, hey, let's make cigars, you know. Uh, there was a lot of thought that went into it. There was a lot of input from other people, that we've, some of which we've named, and I wish you could remember the rest of them. So. <laughs> but uh, it wasn't just a fly-by-night thing. We went down with a specific plan. And, in fact, uh, if I can digress here just a little bit and talk about the Cuevas family and the Dominican Republic, when we went down to the factory, the three of us went to the factory, and we were sitting at the desk, and they said, so what do you guys got in mind? And we laid it out to them, plan by plan. And they just kind of sat back in their chairs and said, wow, you have no idea how many people come down here and say, I want to make a cigar. And we say, what do you want? And they say, I don't know. <laughs> so it was a pleasant surprise for them. They did very well with what we had in mind. And, and again, I think the cigars can pretty much stand on their own. They're good stuff. Shameless self-promotion. Hey, that's what it's all about. All right, is there anything uh, that we haven't hit on that you want to hit on? Oh, gosh. Yeah, right now, the thing we're working on right now, we are in eight states. uh, And, boy, I hope I can name them all. We're in Michigan, Ohio, Kentucky, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, and believe it or not, Arizona, which was kind of odd. But we picked up a a couple markets out in Arizona. Uh, what we are working on right now is distribution. As I said, we are growing. Okay, we're, we've been very successful in the states that we're in, but we want to expand. And uh, for any brokers out there that are interested in pick up an exciting new line, we we would appreciate your uh, your inquiry. Uh, you can reach me at trajcigars.com, or you can reach me on the Facebook page, either my personal Facebook page, Jerry Garrett or the Vicarious Facebook page, or the Trey J Cigars LLC, okay? So the most exciting thing for us right now is we definitely are trying to expand. And you B&M owners out there and you cigar smokers, uh, if your B&M doesn't have it, ask for it, okay? We'll be glad to get samples to them. Good to hear. All right, I've been talking with Jerry Garrett of Trey J and their famous Vicarious line and soon-to-be-famous Invictus line when it hits the shelves. Uh I can honestly say I'm excited about that one, so can't wait to smoke it. But, Jerry, I want to thank you for being on with us tonight. Well, thank you for the opportunity, buddy. Appreciate it. Hey, it's our pleasure. This has been a Cigar Tipsters production. 
<laughs> that was weird, sorry. Do you have heat now? Not yet. I don't know. My Siri turned on for some reason. I don't know. Siri didn't want me to participate in this call. <laughs> that bitch. I know. She's ridiculous. I'm working on heat right now, but we can we can get going if if, uh, if it pleases the crowd. All right. Well, tonight I'm going to be smoking the Crux Nymphomaniac Dark. Uh, odd story about how I got my hands on these. I ordered a three pack of Crossfire cigars from the Cigar Federation store. And when I opened the package today, I actually had these Crux cigars instead of what I actually ordered. Uh, Cigar wow. Federation is nice enough to... Uh, they're rushing me my Crossfire cigars that I originally ordered, but they were nice enough to let me keep these. So I have a five-pack of these 7x33 Nymphomaniac Dark cigars. And I'll get into some more of the details on those, but you were going to mention something about Crux. Yes, yes, if I uh, remember correctly, can you guys still hear me okay? Sorry, I'm testing on the mic here. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, but I got this this weird image of Yoda here. <laughs> <laughs> yep, good point. I'll take care of that. Let me go in there, Kirk. Okay, thank you. <laughs> So, um, yeah, thanks for the reminder there. I forgot the camera was on. So, um, yeah, the Crux cigars, if I remember correctly, Mark, they're actually uh, unique to a Minnesota tobacco shop called Tobacco Grove. I believe Crux is a line that they started themselves. They've blended themselves. And, uh, I mean, I, I don't think they sell them online or anything. So I think you're, you probably got a pretty unique uh, batch there. Yeah, it's it's pretty good so far. Uh, I definitely like the size. It's a little bit smaller than a Lancero. It's a seven by thirty-three. Uh, very dark. <clears throat> Not bad at all. And one uh, good thing, um, because the uh, the cigar shop in Minnesota made them, um, you know, I think it helps them with their uh, their pricing a little bit, and they're able to avoid some of the. Uh, really high tobacco taxes, perhaps, or sales tax or something. I, I know that's one, they're one of the more affordable cigars in that cigar shop. So. Uh, the Nymphomaniac and the Nymphomaniac Dark, they both have the same uh, wrapper. It's Habano seed grown in Nicaragua. But the Dark version is 100% sun-grown, which makes the leaf a little darker. Uh, I'll get into a little bit more of the specifics on this cigar as we go along, but uh, Senior, what are you smoking tonight? I've got the uh, 724 Hustler. Picked, uh, actually, you picked these up for me, but it was a 10-pack. Uh, let's see, it's got a Brazilian Metafina wrapper, and then it's got uh, the e Ecuadorian uh, Connecticut uh, lace around it to make it look like the barber pole. Uh, it's a Brazilian binder, Nicaraguan filler, uh, 6x54. Uh, pretty good so far, just getting it lit up, though. Which I think yeah. you did a, a written review on this one 
one of the first uh, reviews, I think, for Cigar Tipster. Yeah, many, many moons ago. Back when you were a young, <laughs> a younger man. A, a young whippersnapper. With orange shoes. I still have the orange shoes. Still pimping those orange shoes. Now, uh, Senior, aren't the... Aren't those hustlers? They come in a pretty cool box, right? Uh, like yeah, weird, yeah. It's like a weird guy in it or something. Um, I'm trying to remember what it looks like. I just remember liking the, it. The box is actually it's solid blue with the hustler logo on the top. But it, if I remember correctly, it's a little dude with a top hat in it or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that sounds right, actually. Okay, and that's a uh, 724. That's a uh, uh, Kurt Kendall, right? Yes. Right. Excellent. Yeah, I love uh, I love Kurt Kendall. I like uh, I like 724 a lot too. There's a, a good story there, and that's a I think that's a kind of unique barber pole. Uh, I believe the manufacturing it or the making of it is a little bit different than what uh, what we normally see, and that they instead of a lot of times for barber poles, what they do is they kind of just offset two full leaves and kind of roll them so that you can kind of see one leaf and kind of see the other. Um, but this one, they actually make a complete cigar and then they cut a thin slice out of a uh, senior. What is it? They cut a, it's a they cut the thin slice out of the Connecticut tobacco, right? Right. Yeah, it's an Ecuadorian Connecticut. Okay. Yeah. And that they use it, for that. My point, I'm kind of taking a long time to get to it. My point is that they, uh, it's a very difficult cigar to make. It takes a lot of talent, a lot of skill to make a cigar with that technique. Uh, but all the more reason, I guess, to, to try one. Uh, Kirk, are you smoking anything over there? Yeah, I'm smoking the, uh, the Rock and Tail Royale. I was just trying to look up... Uh, I know it was in this year's top 25, but I've already forgotten what number. Was it number five, maybe? Is it five? Not sure. Oh, here he goes, rubbing in his uh, Valentine's gift again. Yeah, you know, all I do is smoke, <laughs> uh, smoke expensive stuff, you know, nothing but the best. <laughs> uh, yeah, the top 25s. Uh, for those of you who are fans of E.P. Carrillo, I know Senior was a big fan of the uh, the 2013 short run. I was personally a big fan of the 2014 short run, but the 2015 short run will be shipping pretty soon. Uh, nice. The company has informed retailers that the 2015 short run will ship in mid-March, so we're almost there. Uh, Which I like the 2014. It was just, that one was... Uh in a 6x60, six and I'm just not real crazy about the 60-ring gauge cigars. Uh, the 2015 edition is going to use a Nicaraguan Criollo 1998 wrapper, Nicaraguan binder and filler. <coughs> uh, oh, excuse me, Nicaraguan binder and fillers from Nicaragua and the Dominican Republic. Uh, of course, the wrapper is the big deal here on this particular one. You said that's a Nicaraguan Criollo? Uh, yes. Okay. So, the other cigars I've had with that wrapper are are strong. Uh, I think they're, they, have, they have a good strong tobacco flavor, but a little bit of spice as well. 
And I, I don't know. If, if it's from 98, maybe it's mellowed. I don't know. I mean, does it have a description of what it's going to taste like, Mark? No, it really doesn't. Uh, Size-wise, we've got three choices. You've got a 5 by 50 a 6x52, and a 6x60. All three sizes will be in boxes of 24, limited to 1,500 boxes. Now, I have to say, I'm a fan of the sizes he's using here. Last year, they went big. They went 60, I think 65, and 70 ring gauge, or some combination thereof of gigantic ring gauges. So it's nice to see him come back to some of the more, what I would call, traditional sizes. Yeah, I agree. I think... Um... You know, I, I really like EP Crow. I talk about him a lot. And, uh, I, you know, I think he probably just got sucked into the whole big cigar craze. Um, you know, there are, there is a, you know, us three, we might be the unique guys that we don't like the large cigars, but there's a lot of folks out there who do. And maybe they just got uh, enough of uh, EP Crow's ear and convinced them to do that with his short run. Because, you know, traditionally speaking, I think he typically focuses on more more of a traditional everything, honestly. He triple caps, he rolls well, he, you know, he, it's all about the attention to detail and not much about the gimmicks. But, well, and, and triple capping is a, a dying art form in the cigar industry because he's one of the few people that actually still does it that's willing to take the time and spend the extra money to do that and to have that level of quality, so it's good to see that he still respects his roots and does all that stuff. Alright, so, so I, I still have it. Oh, go ahead, Senior. No, I was just going to say, uh, you had mentioned that it was a typically stronger cigar with the Corollo wrapper. Do you think he may be blending some of that Dominican tobacco in there as the, the filler to help smooth it out a little bit? I think that, that would be my assumption, yeah. Um, but I don't know if you guys have tried the Christoph Criollo. And I don't think that was a 1998 Criollo leaf, but um, I mean, to be honest, some of the Nicaraguan Criollo I've tried is, um, I, I guess, not typically my favorite. So, I, I mean, I really like the short run series. I really like EP Criollo. So, hopefully, if anyone could do the Criollo justice, I'm really hoping, uh, you know, Ernesto Perez is that guy. And to just key on one thing you mentioned with the 6x60 craze, do you think it's just that many people like the big cigars or they're a little bit budget-minded when they look at it and say, well, you know, I can get this 5x50 is 795 or for 895 I get the 6x60 that smokes an hour and a half longer? In my opinion... Um it's probably, it's a little bit of both. Um, I, I do think there is a clientele out there who wants to spend, hey, if I spend an extra buck, I get an extra hour of cigar. That's probably part of it. Yeah. And so, something else I've noticed, too, is, I mean, if you think of the stereotypical cigar smoker, they're chewing on a big, fat cigar. It's never like a Lancero or something. It's never a Corona. It's going to be a Toro or a Churchill or a 6x60. And I think a lot of if anything, the 6x60 craze is probably advanced by new cigar smokers, by guys who maybe they've only been into it for a year or two, and I don't know, it's kind of all they know. You know, they, they started that way because that's what they see on the big screen, and that's what they've been smoking, and there's enough 
other people doing it where they actually think that that's where the industry is headed. But I, I would wager that the majority of veteran smokers and guys who, uh, let's call them passionados, the majority of passionados will actually shy away from 6 by 16 And I might be wrong. No, is that an or is it just Kirk's Dictionary? Passionado? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I like passionado as a substitute for aficionado. I think a lot of a lot uh, of folks, including us three, would probably shy away from calling ourselves aficionados. But um, we've certainly been doing this enough that I, I think we deserve a word like passionado. I like it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I had a, a conversation with Jason Lois, who is the national sales manager for Crossfire Cigars. He's going to be on the podcast April 20th. That's the date you'll hear it. But we were going back and forth in an email last week, and he was listening to some of the older episodes of the show, and we were talking about uh, Kennedy's favorite cigar, and the cigar that he sent the guy after right before he signed the embargo, that cigar in question was the H. Upman Petite Corona. Uh, Jason was kind enough to pass those words along, so I wanted to throw that out there that that mystery has been solved. It is the H. Upman Petite Corona that was his favorite uh, cigar. That's awesome. That's really cool. And that's probably, I, I, that sounds like a fantastic cigar. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <clears throat> but to get back to uh, but <laughs> I, I was just going to say since you threw uh, H. Upman out there I had an opportunity the other day to try the the banker, the new one out I think Kirk and his brother smoked yeah. it and may have reviewed it I, I thought it was good but I, I just don't see uh, it being something in my regular rotation it just didn't do a whole lot for me. I mean, it was a good smoke, and I enjoyed it, but there's a lot of things on the shelf I think I like better. That that banker has a very earthy, almost panacea-type flavor to me. It's good, but it's not something I would find myself reaching for on a regular basis. Wow. Whoa, whoa. I think, I think you guys are arguing with my expert review. Is that what's happening right now? Wow. <laughs> are you are you guys teaming up on me? <laughs> All right, that's it. No more, no more. You're you're not gonna drop the mic, are you? <laughs> no, heck no. You guys couldn't get rid of me if you tried. Uh, to bring it back to uh, more modern times, I read today that Two Six Two Cigars is going to add to their Allegiance line. He's going to add a Lancero Seven by Thirty Eight. So. I have to say I'm looking forward to that. It's going to have a Brazilian Metafina wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, and fillers from Honduras and Nicaragua. Now, the 262 guys, they would be fun to get on this show. We should see if, <laughs> we, we should see if any of our listeners know uh, Clint from 262. Um, what, a, what a great group of guys. Um, I think they're doing great things for the cigar industry, too. They're... Their paradigm, their ideology are two cigars. Paradigm and ideology are two great cigars they make. Um, yeah, and I, I think they'd love to join us. We, we should we should explore that. 
Yeah, we can, we can definitely reach out to him. Now, the only downside would be that if, if he had to sit in a room with Clint, he might be wearing his leather pants. So. <laughs> uh, I, I've heard many uh, a scary story about those leather pants and the occasional pair of chaps. <laughs> yes, those two. <laughs> but uh, speaking of guests, we've we've kind of gone nutty with the, the guest thing lately. Uh at the beginning of this episode, you heard my interview with Jerry Garrett of Vicarious Cigars, and they're getting ready to release their new Invictus line with Jose Blanco. That'll be coming out soon uh, on March the 20th, and I believe it'll actually air on March the 23rd. For those of you listening, we'll have Mark Hall with Cigar Blueprint, and all the way fast forward to April 20th, we've got Jason Lois, the national sales manager for Crossfire Cigars is going to be on the show, just to throw all that stuff out there. And I hope I didn't forget anybody when I said that, but... Yeah. There's always one. Yeah. Uh, I feel like there is one, and I can't think of it right now. But we'll we'll come back to that if I remember what it is. My so, brain... Uh, my brain's a little slow. want to follow up on something I mentioned earlier... Just the, uh, during the cigar introduction, I talked about the top 25. The, yeah, the Rock and Fell Royale it, it was the, the number five cigar. And it was a, I was so distracted trying to look that up on my phone, I, I forgot to mention that it has a, an Ecuadorian wrapper, uh, Nicaraguan filler. that has got a, a double binder, uh, Connecticut Shade and Connecticut Rosie. Uh, and a quick little plug. You know, Rocky Mattel is typically one of my favorite lines. I don't think they make too many cigars that I don't love. But uh, the Royale, from the second it hit the shelf, and every cigar since, I've, uh, I've enjoyed every single Royale as well. Yeah, you actually introduced me to that cigar. I think we smoked it together. And we actually smoked it in episode two of this podcast, which right. that was a long time ago but <laughs> back, back around back in the corner of the cigar shop yeah it's uh that was the that was when we uh still had our training wheels on yeah oh, look at look at us now yeah <laughs> we still have those training wheels <laughs> <laughs> I, I, i'm uh calling in from my marble palace paid for by our loyal listeners <laughs> yeah his uh that's actually a lie well it's it's close. I mean, it's a, a snow palace. Yeah, true, snow. And yeah. it was not paid for by the listeners, but... Um... Kirk is actually broadcasting from an igloo in his backyard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of that, oddly enough, when I was coming home from Missouri a couple of weeks ago, a guy had actually built a rather large igloo in his front yard. That was I was, I was rather impressed by that, actually. Yeah, you, you Southerners... It really gets crazy with your snow. They, they do. You know, I've seen... Uh, do you uh, follow Josh on Instagram? No. Mo? Oh, but his, his snowman. Yeah, his ginormous eight-foot snowman. Yeah, that thing was intense. Yeah, and it was all colorful, too. Sorry about that. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> you were gone? The Pizza Hut. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I see how it uh, yeah, I'll just come back here and eat my pizza. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> just, just don't, just don't smack into the microphone. Let me, let me know how the pizza goes with your cigar. It sounds like a, an interesting combo. 
Uh, we're going to try it because I'm about to starve. I've been sitting here in Murfreesboro since noon today. You ever get a day off? Uh, once in a while. Not very often. But as long as you got a cigar, that's as close to a day off as you need, right? That's it. That's my guilty pleasure riding down the road. So somebody asked me the other day, and I'll pose this question to the two of you, if not necessarily one particular cigar, but if you could only smoke one brand of cigars for the rest of your known life, what would it be? You know, that's a great question, and, and actually as a, a shop owner, I got versions of that question all the time. Um, and it's difficult because some brands, like Rocky Patel or Gurkha, have an immense variety where for any time of day or any festivity, you could really pick the perfect cigar. But then you change brands to like My Father or Fuente or Verdrone, and they might be lacking in variety slightly, but just every single cigar they make is, I mean, an A-lister. Uh, so if, if someone had a gun to my head and said I got to choose, um, you know, just off the top of my head, I think I'd say Fuente. Arturo Fuente. Interesting choice. Interesting. Interesting, you say. <laughs> I, think, I think you meant to say awesome choice. <laughs> An awesomely interesting now, choice. I mean, just between the Hemingway. Okay, first off, the Hemingway is definitely a cigar. Every single time I smoke it, I'm like, oh my gosh, does it, does it get better than this? Uh, the Cameroon wrapper on that thing is awesome. They've also got the 858. Uh, they've got the, uh, and of course, Opus X. And then you have all the other special ones. You know, you have Lost City. Um, was it Man of Fire, is that what it's called? Or... Something fire. Now, I believe Senior Senior answered this question for me the other day. I believe he said Gurkha. Was that right? Oh, yes, absolutely. Only if you get to smoke with Ken Mansfield, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, that that's a requirement there. Yep. Bless his heart. <laughs> yeah, bless his heart. Now, you know, it, if, if you threw, say, Don Pepin Garcia out there, is that a brand, or is that too wide spectrum there? No, I mean, I think we could move that into, so he's got his own line, and you could also say he's got my father. I guess, I don't know, would we give him credit for Tatuaje? Uh, he's got input in it. Uh, yeah, well, I think... I don't know, that would be Yeah, well, I think him and Pete Johnson... I think Pete Johnson used Pepin's tobacco, is, is my understanding. Um, so that'd be a good choice, senior. That's another that's another top dog for me for sure. Yeah, and they always got something in the top twenty-five. Yeah, I think was it last year they had the Look Bijou. Um, and the year before that, they had the number one cigar of the year, the Florida La Santia. Yeah, I think uh, last last year's was uh, number nineteen, I think. And and that was an awesome smoke. I really like that one. And then, I agree. You know, uh, 
the year before with the number one cigar. So. Heck yeah. What about you, Junior? Swisher Sweet? <laughs> well, that would give me access to Liga Pravada. Ooh, touche. <laughs> well, this is true. <laughs> uh, I would probably say Alec Bradley. Whoa. Whoa. I toss out the Alan Rubin. <laughs> let me, yeah, let me come out of left field with that one. But, uh, no, but I'm not disagreeing. I guess I was just asking for supporting evidence here. Uh, one of my favorites every day, just reach in the humidor and grab something sticks, is the Alec Bradley Sun Grown blend. Uh, they're cheap. They're fantastic. I like them. Uh now, is that the uh, American Sun Grown or the Vintage Sun Grown? It's the, the, the light, light or um, the dark. The American Sun Grown. Okay. I like those quite a bit. I like the ones. <laughs> awesome little cigar. Yeah, especially for price. Yeah, five bucks. Yeah. Maybe. And I like the uh, the Prensado and several other of his various sticks. But I think there's enough variety in in what he produces that I could be happy jumping around the various facets of the brand. Well, let's, let's explore this here. Let me, uh, let me think through this and, and, and figure out if I need to change my mind here. But So Alec Bradley, they've got the Black Market, which is fantastic. They've got Absolutely. the Sun Groans, which are nice. I agree, for, for five bucks, uh, hard to beat that. So they've got Prensado, which was the 2011 Cigar of the Year. Um, what else do they have? Oh, they have, uh, what's their new one they've got? It was in this year's top 25. Uh, was it Moon, Moondial or Moondale? Is that how you say that? Mundial? Moon, yeah. yeah. Something of that effect. They've got the uh, the family blend. Oh, family blend. Uh, That's a great one. The lineage, the family Tempest. blend lineage. Tempest. Now, they have the Alex Bradley Tempest, but I haven't been a fan of that, to be honest. I've mixed results, I guess. They have the, uh, the Vice Press, which I like. Uh, let's see. Oh, and we can't forget the "It's a Boy, It's a Girl" cigars. But mm. I'm just kidding on that. No, you're not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, now back up a minute. Did I just hear Junior say a box press that he liked? Yes. Was that was the statement you made correct? Yeah, the Vice <laughs> Press. Vice, Vice Press. Vice. Okay. Now, what's the difference between a Vice Press and a box press? Not a damn thing. Okay. But now, wait a minute. Last podcast, y'all were giving me shit over liking oh. the Java because it was a box press, and you said you didn't like the box press. Well, you liked the tobacco special better. We, uh, and we I thought, do. We thought you were too old to remember that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember much, but, you know. Y'all were trying to throw me under the bus a while ago over my pizza, so, uh, you know. <laughs> there's, a, there's an exception to every rule. Uh, let's see. <laughs> they also have the Ossid, and I may butcher this name, but the Occidental Reserve, the Spirit of Cuba, uh, the Max line. Uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of the Max, but um, to each their own, I guess. Well, yeah, that, that kind of sums up the, the Alec Bradleys that I, that I go to bed with. So I guess I'd say I respect your choice, but I, I don't think you've swayed me from my uh, 
my initial decision of Arturo Fuente. But I do, I do respect the Alec Bradley line. I think Alan Rubin. So Alec, for those who don't know, Alan Rubin is the uh, the owner of Alec Bradley. Um, he named the company after his sons, Alec and Bradley. Uh, Alan is a stand-up guy. He's a he's the kind of guy where you can walk into a room, you can smoke a cigar with him, and talk about life, and it doesn't feel like you're smoking with a big shot. But Alan, in all respects, at least in the cigar industry, is a big shot. Uh, he just doesn't. He doesn't wear it like some of the, like some of the guys do. It's always always good to see people like that remain humble and not get uh, overblown with their egos. Yeah. So like like Kirk, he's such an ass. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. So the, well, the Alex Bradley. He's a big porn star nowadays. He's. Uh, that's right. You know, just got the attitude now. Respect it. Um, <laughs> so Alec Bradley did get their their moon dial is uh, the number sixteen cigar this year. So it's, it's sitting in my humidor. I just gotta light it up. I haven't tried it yet. There he goes with that Valentine's gift again. Yep. Nice to be loved. <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about that. Someday, once you're a doctor, you know you have women all over you. Yeah, well, m money talks. Right. <laughs> hey, what are you guys drinking? Any uh, any good drinks on the table tonight? I am drinking a glass of wine that I obtained from the Loudon Valley Winery in Loudon, Tennessee. It is a it's called Vidal Blanc. It's a sweet white wine. I thought you were gonna say. Uh... I'm drinking some wine. It's called Mad Dog 2020. <laughs> Thunderbird. Yeah. Boone's Farm. Yeah, he went through that earlier today. <laughs> yeah, that was the. That, that's what I. That's what I pregame with. <laughs> right. Then you move on to the box wine, and then you open the good stuff. Yeah, pregame with the cheap shit, then get to the good stuff. So I'm sipping on a, I'm one of my looking. favorites. I'm sipping on a Achilles Irish Red. I, I was no Bud Light tonight. Yeah, I was definitely afraid you were going to say Bud Light. <laughs> well, that is also one of my favorites. Uh, I, I You've almost got a real beer there. Yeah, almost. Come on now, be nice. Killian's is great. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I do. I like Killian's red. It's going really well with this uh, Royale here. I think um, the sweetness in the beer is kind of. Uh, yeah, they were they were spitting that out of the the kegerator at Pipe and Humidor last week during their pipe event. Nice. Uh, with some uh, dark-haired bimbo uh, serving people beer. Hey, I'll take it. And yeah, I, mind I, you. I, I meant dark-haired bimbo in the nicest way possible, just in case that girl happens yeah, to be might listening. Be, might be listening. Um, well, I have a the, wonderful diet soda. No, I was oh, going to yeah. say I'm still <laughs> considered to be working, so I have a wonderful diet soda here. Well, I, I have to say she was better than uh, what we all nicknamed Vanna Off-White. Yeah, the blonde-haired bimbo. Yeah, that... Good God. I ain't never seen a girl with that, that scarred up of a kneecap. <laughs> Bless her heart. I love how, Junior, you've kind of turned Bless Her Heart into a... Uh, I mean, it's... <laughs> 
it's 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 the equivalent of saying like I don't know, screw you. It's the tone in your voice. It's just so, so defeated. It, it's, kind of, it. <laughs> it, it's kind of like saying with all due respect because it's like with all due respect, you're a piece of shit. You know. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I'm hearing it. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're the scum of the earth. Bless your heart. Yeah, that, that's, that's it's almost <laughs> become my catchphrase. You wanna you wanna own that one? Get it tattooed. Yeah. Trademark. Bless your heart. <laughs> All right. anybody anybody smoked anything rare or unique since the last time we spoke? Uh, I'll be honest. The banker. That one. I'm really bummed you guys didn't like the banker. We'll, we'll talk about that later, but. I'll admit, with the with Minnesota temperatures being as nasty as they've been, I'm pretty much only smoking now when we're on the on air. But uh, the good news is next week we're supposed to see some nice weather, and I'm hoping I can get out and start digging into these fantastic Valentine's Day cigars. So nice weather, <laughs> nice weather for y'all. Is that like 35? Yep, actually next week, yeah, we're high thir- high 30s, maybe some 40s. Oh dear God, that's depressing. <laughs> That'll be beautiful. It'll be great. You'll be out there in shorts. Uh, honestly, I uh, I took off one of my jackets. It's, it's, 20, it's 28 degrees right now. Oh goodness! It was wow. like it was like That's 40. Not that much warmer here. Yeah, it was like 45 degrees here today. Uh, that would have been like a heat wave. Yeah, I probably would have been in shorts with my flippy floppies. <laughs> Yeah, because it's uh, 33 in Murfreesboro right now, so I'm not doing much better. And I'm considerably further south. Yeah, you guys have an odd winter for sure. Just just be glad you're not in Boston. Man, that's ridiculous over there. Oh, that's... They've had so much snowfall this year that roofs on, the roofs of buildings are actually collapsing from the sheer weight of the snow. We should uh we should see if any of our listeners have built a uh, cigar a cigar smoking room from the from the snow in Boston. That'd be pretty awesome. Oh hey, random random, but I saw something on the drive home from work today that uh, I, I want to share with everybody because I think it's I'm gonna own one at some point. I just don't know when, but you know you guys have seen the at, at Lowe's and Home Depot and stuff. They have the sheds that sit outside. You know, different sizes, different looks, whatever. Yeah. Uh, picture one of those, <clears throat> but um, you know, decent size. We'll just say, ten feet by ten feet or something. I don't know if that's too big or not, but um, someone took one of those sheds, and then they they cut holes in all four sides, but they put windows in with you know screens and whatnot. <clears throat> and it, they basically take this shed and turn it into a portable smoking room. So you get your table, you get your chairs, you can put a fan in there, lights, heater, whatever. You set it in the backyard like it's a shed. But instead of storing your tools in there, it's it's your perfect getaway for any time of year, any temperature. Go out back without the mosquitoes, without the cold, and uh, light up some cigars. And I, I'm, I'm in love with that idea. I think I, I have to get one. So basically a portable man cave. That's what it is. I mean, I, I imagine you could even put it on the back of a trailer or something and take it with you wherever you went. Uh, <laughs> I just, it would be awesome. <laughs> I, 
Well, you might need to start marketing these things, Kirk. Yeah, that's true. Maybe a couple of trailers, build them out. That is a swell idea. <laughs> Actually, that brings to mind uh, on Facebook today. I saw where a guy took a, I don't know, I guess six by eight trailer or something like that, and it started from the bare trailer and basically built it up to a uh, one of those almost teardrop type. Uh, campers. Wow. So similar, similar idea. Yeah, he just so it was a flat trailer, and he just built a house on it, basically. Yeah, just started from a flat trailer and built it uh, to look like one of those little teardrop uh, campers. You know, that's an idea. We could we could go to a junkyard or something and find some 1970s camper that nobody wants and retrofit it to be a. A portable smoking house. I'll rent it out. Only speaking only a thousand bucks a night. <laughs> well, speaking of that, you can uh, Burns down. To, uh, well, not to downtown, but Burns East up there had a uh, Airstream trailer that was uh, had completely been uh, fitted for a smoking lounge. That's basically they had took everything out and just turned it into a smoking lounge with the. Uh, Seating and humidor and stuff of that nature. And that's a uh, Burns Tobacco and wanted thousand for in uh, Tennessee. Yeah, yes. up there, Chattanooga, Tennessee. But those I are think the they were only about a hundred grand, so you know, chump change to Kirk. Yeah, that's no big deal. Me and my marble palace. Uh, so that's uh, that's those are the guys who host the uh, the, the tweet up, right? The, the big smoking event. Yes, which, uh, for anyone interested, August 6th, 7th, and 8th this year will be Chattanooga Tweet Up, so be on the lookout for tickets. Hey, you need to plan a business trip down there, Kirk. Yeah, I do. I'm going to have to figure that out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I have to get down there. It's... You know, every time I've, I've talked to you guys after both of your trips down there, and uh, first off, you guys come come back and you look like I don't know kids on Christmas. The, the the smile on your face hasn't even faded yet, and uh, you got bags full of free cigars and tons of great stories to tell. So I absolutely need to get down there. And and, and for those who don't know what the Chattanooga tweet up is, uh, Google it. Uh, take a look into it, and it is it is a multi-day, big cigar smoking festival. And I guess Mark and Mark can explain it better than me. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just a big three-day herf. <laughs> yeah, three days of pure shenanigans, all cigar-related. It's lots of brands represented, lots of people in the house, lots of free cigars. There, there's constantly somebody walking around handing you a free cigar. So. Uh, from a smoker standpoint, and they have a bar. I, I well, yeah, that doesn't hurt either. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't. From a smoker standpoint, there's not much more that you could want out of an event, and pretty much you can smoke the entire damn time, which we pretty much did last time. I think we smoked till we couldn't stand to smoke anymore. Are you guys gonna bring your sailboats up this year? Hey. <sighs> We, we've talked about it. 
love the idea, but I don't think either one of us have enough time to to make the two-day trip up and the two-day trip back plus the three days off yeah. for Chattanooga Tweet Up. Yeah. Well, dang. Plus, I'm not sure either one of us are that good enough of a sailor to uh, <laughs> actually pull it off. Yeah, we'd head for Knoxville and wind up uh, down in the Gulf somewhere. <laughs> One of these days, you guys are going to have to get out there and, and master your trade. You're going to keep calling yourselves captains. Hey, I have a hat that says I'm a captain. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I need. That's more than I have. So, <laughs> well, I, well, Actually, I take that back. I was a, an actual captain in the Army. I guess that counts for something. You you can have your your marble palace. I'll take my floating fortress. I like it. And my boat is heavy enough that it damn near is a fortress. Oh yeah. Because well, mine weighs, I think twelve five, and I think yours is still about two thousand pounds heavier than mine. Yep. How's, how's your cigar going, Junior? Oh, not bad at all. It's uh, as dark as it is. You would almost expect it to be harsher, but it's actually quite smooth. Uh, got some great nuttiness, some cocoa uh, creeping its way in. Uh, burn has been relatively good. Only touched it up once or twice, so no complaints there. All in all, uh, I'm kind of glad I have a five-pack of these things because I'll be looking to smoke it again here pretty soon. That's good. If I uh, if I make it back to Tobacco Grove, I'll uh, I'll share the feedback. How about you, senior? Well, uh, it started out with some pepper, coffee, cocoa. Uh, that's the the major ones I'm finding. I've read some other reviews on the cigar. People say they get a little citrusy uh, flavor out of it. I hadn't found that myself, which Mine, unfortunately, is in the ashtray right now between uh, eating pizza and wings here, rudely on the podcast, but I had to set the cigar down for a few minutes. Oh, you're, you're excused. You know, one thing I've noticed, um, I, I, I feel like I've seen citrus creeping into more reviews lately, and I kind of wonder if citrus is just a slight difference of cedar, um, and it's kind of a weird connection that I'm drawing, but I feel like, you know, cedar in itself is a difficult flavor to describe. Um, you know, we're, we're familiar with the smell, we're familiar with the fact that it's a wood, but I think that cedar, when a lot of people say cedar, it's, it's maybe a little bit of a sweetness or a, a light wood flavor, uh, and I think that citrus is probably not that different from that, because I, I would be really shocked if anyone actually tasted you know, orange juice kind of flavor. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure exactly either what they're talking when they're saying the citrusy part of it. Uh, but I'm, I'm not finding any of it in the cigar. Like I say, a little pepper, a little coffee, maybe a little cocoa, but uh, that's, that's pretty much what I'm getting. Uh, Which is still really good. Don't get me wrong. I think to some extent it's a bit of subliminal indoctrination from these fancier cigar reviewers who throw the term around and I think to some extent people just want to 
to find that same thing that these supposed aficionados are finding. I think there's some of that thrown in there, too. I would agree. I mean, you know, the three of us have written enough reviews to, to understand that it is pretty difficult to put words to a flavor, especially when it's a, a flavor that's not something you taste every day. And uh, I would I would agree, Junior, that uh, so you know some of these reviews get a little bit frou frou. You know, they terms like nougat or I think citrus might nutmeg. be nutmeg. I mean, uh, when they get really specific about what type of pepper, like it's a white pepper, a red pepper, or chili pepper, whatever the case. A jalapeno. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, and I'm not I'm not saying that if you're smoking a cigar and you say, oh, clear as day, that's jalapeno, that you're wrong. I'm just saying that, uh, you know, I think that some of our reviewing uh, peers probably take a little too much liberty, and I think ultimately it's 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 bogging down the true flavor flavor profiles of cigars and probably confusing a lot of people who, who don't smoke cigars often enough to really taste nougat. They might taste something sweet. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with saying that, for those who are listening. Uh, you don't need to get too fancy. If you taste sweetness, it's okay to say, I just taste the sweetness. Uh, or spice, or wood. You don't need to say it's hickory, or cedar, or pine, or whatever. So. Yeah, I think I think earthiness is my uh, my go-to when I can't really pin it down to what it, what it is. <laughs> I'll just uh, throw in an earthy note there. Yep, and I think earthy is probably synonymous with tobacco flavor. Um, yeah, exactly, it, it is. It seems it seems strange, but we're smoking cigars that are 100% tobacco. But how how often do we actually use tobacco as a flavor description? <laughs> but well, we'd mentioned if we had smoked anything. I did my homework. I went and got one of the the naturals, and I tried it again, and Still not a fan. Didn't do it for Even you. though I am smoking a pipe quite a bit, uh, it just it, it doesn't do it for me. Well, it's it's nice to see you get out there and support Swisher Sweet. <laughs> yeah, you know. Hey, but so I did I, purchase it. Stop me if I already shared this story, but did I tell you guys I had a, a pretty good conversation with a very enlightened cigar smoker who uh, we were talking about the whole Swisher Sweet buying up the Drew Estate, and, you know, I, I showed up with my, I'll, I'll even say our, I showed up with our opinion that we're kind of disappointed, and he had the complete opposite viewpoint. Did I, did I ever tell you about this? No. Okay, no. so, so he, he basically said that it makes sense on multiple levels, so not only does it help Drew Estate in terms of, you know, expanding their their money that they can use to expand brands and perfect their trade, but it also helps them with lobbyists. It helps them um, expand into different markets. Uh, it, it gives Swisher Sweet, and so the alternative would have been, what if Swisher Sweet came out with a hand-rolled cigar? Now there's actually a new competitor in the market, but instead of that, instead of Swisher Sweet coming out with hand-rolled cigars of their own, they just acquired an already successful brand. And really... You know, the the gentleman basically said that, you know, if if you think of Swisher Sweets as garbage cigars, yeah, okay, I'm not going to argue with that. But 
ultimately Swisher Suites are sold all around the world. They have huge lobbyists that are in Washington, D.C., protecting our rights as smokers. And Drew Estate just basically bought into that. You know, they basically said, hey, don't mess with our blends. Don't mess with our name. Um, we're going to keep doing what we do. You keep doing what you do. But we want access to your money. We want access to your lobbyists. We want access to your tobacco. And I guess when I think about it in that light, it makes it a little bit easier to swallow. But I will say that I, I do still hate the idea that Liga Bravado is a product of Swisher Sweet. Well, doesn't, doesn't Swisher Sweet already have uh, one handmade cigar? I know they've got a big box purchase uh, that's on the shelf. I've seen a couple places, but I don't know if it's still machine made. Yeah, I was going to say, I think they have a larger cigar, but I'm not confident that it's not. Uh, if it is hand-rolled, I bet it's made with, like, uh, you know, scrap pieces of spiller and whatnot. I, I highly doubt that it's a long-leaf filler made by professional rollers. Yeah. Well, isn't that kind of the way Victor Sinclair cigars are made? They're hand-rolled, but he uses kind of the leftover yep. clippings. Yep, yep. And he makes a hell of a lot of money doing it, too. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I guess I guess at the end of the day, Drew Estate, you know, Jonathan Drew, if you're listening, we, we still love you. But uh, feel free to come on to our podcast sometime and explain your, your, your logic. But we're still going to make fun of you. Yeah, we will. But, but it's from a good place. All right, well... I think we had some good conversation tonight. I want to thank everybody for being with us. Anybody got any final thoughts before we wrap this bitch up? I'll just say, uh, uh, I'm good. Get out, get out there and smoke a Rocky Mattel Royale. They're uh, worth every dollar, eight to ten bucks. Fantastic. I agree completely. Thanks, everybody. Good